Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Prep Life Podcast. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Inger, today with my fabulous co-host. Hey, guys. This is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. And fingers crossed that this works. This is day two, <laughs> recording number two. And yes. we we're just saying how fitting it is because it's stress. It's all about mm-hmm. stress. Uh, so th- this podcast today is just nine ways that stress can be ruining your prep life. And there mm-hmm. are so many different types of stressors and ways to combat those. And we just uh, are going to first go over the common causes of stress very briefly. And then we will go yes. over some ways to uh, mitigate that. Excellent. Okay, so some of the common causes of stress are financial stress. So that's, you know, trying to make your uh, pay your bills at the end of the month, or a financial stress because of a new, um, you know, emergency, um, something you have to pay for for an emergency, either like medical or your water heater goes something like that. Um, So money, there's, there can always be stress around money. Um, academic pressure is something also that causes stress. So if you are a student, I'm sure you're very well aware of deadlines and, you know, GPAs and getting, uh, moving towards your career goals can be very stressful. Um, physical stress is something else. So that is, uh, based off of your, you know, maybe your job is very laborious, or um, physical stress as far as exercise, things that we do when we're working and moving our body. Work-related stress, uh, I think, is one all of us can relate to, um, just with expectations with our career, our bosses, clients, um, you know, that can be self-induced, or it could be stress-related to, um, again, like falling back to your financial situation. Uh, relationship issues can also be a source of stress. So maybe, you know, your romantic relationship is on the rocks, or maybe it's a parental or a friend or child relationship that um, is just in a rough spot that can also add to your, your stress. And the last one is emotional stress, which kind of ties into all of these things just living through um, someone else's experiences, being an empathetic person. I think you deal with a lot of stress in that aspect and just the highs and lows of emotional swings when we experience things. Yeah, and we all have really small stressors. So these are big uh, categories that a Mm -hmm. lot can fall under, but things as simple as like rush hour traffic, bombarding of text messages or maybe just even like a bunch of emails in your inbox so a lot of things from these categories can happen so here are some examples over scheduling yourself uh, whether it be like in your work life or whatever but when you're constantly like bopping from one thing to the next and Mm -hmm. you really aren't slowing down it can be really really tough on your um sympathetic nervous system and then any type of anxiety or fears whether it be about the past things that have happened that um, or if you're fearful of things that may be happening in the future so prep lifers you know 
a lot of us have anxiety about a show date and things like that. So um, one of the subcategories of the physical stress that you mentioned would be also nutrient deficiency. So in mm -hmm. prep life, our dieting, uh, especially when we're getting really close to a show, can be very stressful when calories get low. And then procrastination, uh, I see this on like the school side of things or the work. So if you have a major mm -hmm. project and you're waiting until the buzzer to get that done, that can definitely add a ton of stress. And then if you have poor training habits, so you're not taking rest days, you're not doing recovery, you're maybe using improper technique. Again, that's a physical stress on your body. And um, you could have overtraining or overuse. And then if you're, you know, commuting and you're not working from home, that can be stressful going to a job. And then we mentioned in a previous podcast just about how with sleep and disruption with travel. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of stressors that go into play with travel, you know, trying to make sure you get to the airport in time and just making your connection different things like that um, and just being out of your routine and then that translates into inadequate amounts of sleep which can happen on any day even in your own home but that will cause stress physically on your body and probably mentally and then any mm -hmm. types of indecision so if you have something that's pending on your mind that you have a major decision or even minor, but you're really wallowing in what is the best choice can be very stressful. And then believe it or not, exercise, even though it is good for us, it is eustress, which is usually the positive stress where it releases endorphins and things like that. But mm -hmm. it ultimately is a stress on the body. So something to be aware of, for example, why we don't do hit cardio super close to the show, because it is a higher impact, higher stress type of cardio. Um, so things to think about, especially when you are, are in a contest prep and then any sort of worrying about future events and then weight loss diets. So prep diets. Mm, yes. Yeah. These are all there's so, now that everyone's stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, like Amy said, there, there is good and bad stress. So it is important to know because I think, uh, you know, a lot of times when we think about things that are, when we talk about stress, it's really like this ambiguous thing, right? So you can't really nail it down when you can, measure your steps you can concentrate on your nutrition but when you know you're a client and you're an athlete and it's you know mitigate stress or manage stress because our bodies respond so much to that it can be like that in itself can be stressful like I shouldn't be stressed out so um yeah just the, I think this is a really good topic to kind of talk about and when we talk about the nine consequences of chronic stress these may be some signs um that stress is playing a factor into your life so um the first sign is decreased brain function so studies show that chronic stress actually affects our ability to concentrate it can delay our reaction time and also inhibit your ability to think efficiently so um you know if you're feeling like you're having 
your brain's working a little bit slower or it's not as sharp or you're noticing that you're a little bit more accident prone, it may be that you're just exposed to a, a large amount of stress. Yeah, I've definitely felt those physical effects where I just feel like I have like that brain fart moment where I'm yes. so stressed out that I like miss the fine details that I wouldn't normally. And I think we're, we're pre-programmed uh, in survival mode to kind of pinpoint and focus on something that's like an immediate danger to keep ourselves safe. Yes. And so it kind of clouds our judgment of being able to be open to see other things that, that may be also like an impending, you know, not just that one single stressor, um, if yes. that makes sense. Yeah, that's really well put. And so number two is memory loss. And basically it just over time, if you are chronically stressed and they're high levels, it can really decrease your ability to access memories and it can prevent you from creating new memories, which you know, that can inhibit also your ability to learn. So mm -hmm. things to keep in mind. Absolutely. Um, and the other thing is inflammation. So stress contributes to inflammation throughout the entire body. And as you may or may not know, inflammation is linked to a lot of health conditions. Uh, well, anything, it can range from gut issues, heart disease, joint pain. Um, so this like ambiguous thing that we're talking about stress can show up uh, physically in our bodies as well. So, um, un you know, experiencing some of these <clears throat> health issues, as much treatment as a doctor gives you, I think also managing stress around that is helpful. Mm -hmm. And then weakened immune system is a really common one. So I've, I've kind of looked back on my life when I've been like super sick and most mm. of the time it's because I'm either I've prepped too long I've been in a dieting phase too long so my body's been under a huge amount of stress or I have like a personal stressor and my immune system yeah. just becomes more susceptible uh, to getting sick and the one that's like a glaring example that I have is when I was prepping so I had done North Americans in 2018 when you had won your pro card we did that yeah. show together um, and I felt like my body was like in a really healthy place there and I mm -hmm. should have just reversed, but instead, you know, where North Americans lands, it lands around Labor Day. So mm -hmm. I prolonged my prep to get ready for the Arnold there in like, it was at the end of February at the time. And mm -hmm. it was like during the holidays, I just, my calories were way too low. My body wasn't responding. So I was doing a lot and I remember I was sick for three weeks leading up to that and I got pneumonia and yeah. I had to go on an antibiotic um, so I think there's definitely something to that you kind of need to know when to hit the gas when to hit the brake yes. kind of thing uh, because your your systems you know they get so taxed that it's it makes you susceptible to picking up germs and um, illnesses Absolutely. Yeah. And that's one of the hardest things to like peak the body on when you're dealing with uh, a, a health issue or, or, you know, like just even a uh, cold um, because treating the symptoms adds another variable with medication to how your body is being peaked. Um, and there's always ways around it. So don't panic if you're not feeling great and you're competing soon. But um, it, I always, you know, 
checking with my clients and making sure that they are prioritizing their health because the healthy, you know, a healthy body uh, is going to be the most competitive body. So making sure that you are prioritizing your health throughout the process and paying attention to the warning signs um, to keep, you know, to keep um, you as healthy as possible and, and not sick is, is a big deal. Yeah, and the antibiotics, they do change your gut microbiome quite a bit because mm-hmm. they not only care, kill the bad bugs, but they also kill the good bugs. And so as Chris noticed probably from watching me on stage at the Arnold, I yeah. totally had a poop baby. And <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it's just, it is what it is. I, you know, I, I had to go on the antibiotic, uh, but yep. it's just something to keep in mind that a lot of competitors, when they get sick and they go on an antibiotic, they don't realize that they'll probably gain like three to five pounds. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just that shift in the gut microbiome. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. I'm glad you mentioned that. And I remember that being such a hard prep for you. Um, but you still had it. fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we still had fun at the Arnold. We had a blast. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Uh, okay, so did, did I talk about immune system or did you? I did. Look, yeah, see? I think so. Okay. Yeah. So then that, that piggybacks really nicely off of um, Constipation. the next <laughs> i gave you the poop baby that's perfect Wait. yes so your gut health is affected by uh stress as well too so you may notice your digestion slows down you have some constipation or it speeds up and you have uh more frequent or loose bowel movements so um you know your body tries to maintain proper digestion but under stress it can you know, the pendulum can swing uh, in multiple ways. If you are in constant fight or flight, I know for me, my digestion slows down and, um, you know, I don't, I'm not as regular, which if you're noticing some bloating or cramping and then again, irregularity, uh, stress could be a factor in your irregular digestive system. And like, Anecdotally, I know that I train a few people that are in the military and, you know, they've told me that when they are sent out uh, on missions or, you know, they, they have a specific job, there's not, not always a bathroom available. So they, through tr- like their constant exposure to like these types of scenarios, their body has learned to uh, like slow down their digestive system or sometimes come to a complete halt so it makes sense where you're in like a highly stressful situation your diet your your body's not interested in like good digestion uh you know expelling toxins like it's it's focused on on survival so Mm -hmm. yeah your gut can tell you a lot and um stress definitely plays a part in its health yeah and it's called rest and digest for a reason you know when you're Mm -hmm. parasympathetic then you're going to be able to process those foods. And when you're sympathetic, it's just going to put that on pause. Like you said, it's not an immediate thing that needs to be addressed. Um, right. Okay. So weight gain, very common when you have high levels of stress. It's due to the hormone cortisol, which is your stress hormone. And if you have constant cortisol running through your body for an extended period of time, it leads to an increase in belly fat storage and it makes it incredibly challenging to actually burn body fat. So 
Not only do mm. the high amounts of stress over time lead to more fat storage, but it can also increase your cravings for fat, salt, sugar, and then it makes it extremely hard to stick to your nutrition plan. Yes, absolutely. Um, and that's, I think when we get close to like show day, people start getting anxious, especially like a new competitor starts getting anxious about the show, the impending date. And, um, you know, we will taper calories down, we'll increase cardio to kind of like have them more in deficit. But if they're super anxious or really stressed, uh, the body like kind of can be, it can go on pause with like some of that momentum. So uh, I know that's why we pay close attention to programming in recovery items for clients as well. So just as important it is to check off all the other boxes, it's really good to make sure that you're not just getting some physical rest, um, but you're getting some mental uh, recovery time as well too, which kind of, oh, oh, go ahead. Real quick, before we move on to the next one, I just think that it's important to note that when we peak athletes and, for example, when we front load them, you'll see yes, they'll have three days of a, like a depletion. And then part of it is the super compensation. But on mm-hmm. the front load day, when they have, you know, tons of carbs, like 350 grams of carbs on their front load during peak week we see the next morning their inches go down, they look tighter and Mm -hmm. they look less watery. And it's due to that, you know, effect that with the carbs being a little bit higher, sometimes that gets rid of that cortisol and they just look really healthy and fresh. And we do the same thing with, you know, deloads or any kind of refeed. A lot of times it, you know, it can really play a factor in reducing cortisol and it makes the athlete, you know, after a long period of dieting, kind of implementing those or calorie spikes can really, you can see a difference in their physique. Yeah, that's a really good point. Cause like we said that dieting can be a stressor. So that's a really good point. Uh, okay. Moving on to the next one, uh, a terrible night's sleep. So if you have trouble falling asleep, staying asleep, or just getting good quality sleep, uh, stress could be a factor in um, that recovery time. So making making sure that you are, um, you know, setting the standard or, or getting into a good nighttime routine so that your body knows it's time to unwind. Uh, light exposure, um, like we've talked about, especially with blue light, less than an, or bef- an hour before bed, just to make sure that you don't have uh, that light um, triggering like your cortisol to wake you up and allowing you to get into a good night's sleep. And then, uh, you know, we've talked about a lot of sleep patterns uh, or habits before getting a good night's sleep. But if you notice that you're, you know, irritable, you're fatigued throughout the day, your recovery from your training is a little bit delayed. Um, those are all things that, uh, could be a sign that stress is interrupting some of your sleep. Yeah. And then physical pain is number eight and high levels of stress are sometimes associated with like back aches, joint pain, tension headaches. And so there's just, there's a lot of, um, a lot of people that have like high anxiety or depression typically will experience like weird pain and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so 
uh, that's directly correlated with those high levels of stress. And then also, mm -hmm. if you think about the extreme examples of joint pain, like somebody with an autoimmune disease, uh, such as like Hashimoto's, if their TPO antibodies are super high, they usually experience more um, symptoms and things like that. So the more you can reduce that like inflammation and um, get into a state where you're not experiencing chronic stress, you're going to mm -hmm. feel a lot better in general. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and I can relate to experiencing physical pain during times of stress. Um, that's something that, uh, like, I don't know, maybe in my early 20s, I had like a big life change and noticed uh, like this weird pain that was in my, the back of my legs and any doctor I went to couldn't like pinpoint it. And it was only triggered during times of high stress. So um, I know people get really, they'll get like achy joints. Um, they'll get like, a, like some tingling sometimes. So the, you know, stress can really manifest in your physical uh, body as well. Uh, which another thing to look out for is acne and breakouts. So hormonal imbalances uh, due to chronic stress can affect your skin health as well. So you can notice uh, eczema, acne, or even hives are a reaction to stress. To stress. And also you can look for hair loss um, that has been linked to stress previously as well. Yeah, and I've seen all of these things in competitors. Uh not to say that it's super common because it's not, but um, I've seen mm -hmm. people get anxious during peak week and they actually get hives. Um, I've also seen competitors get eczema due to the stress and then also lose their hair. And so we kind of have to brainstorm about wigs and things like that. And then also mm -hmm. with the eczema and the hives, you really have to pay attention to tanner and things like that. Absolutely. All right. So strategies in which you can ways to help properly deal with stress. So some effective stress management practices are uh, one prioritizing and delegating tasks and responsibilities. And this can be like through your, you know, family relationships, through your job, anything like that, where you're making sure that you are prioritizing actions that need to get done. So you're not procrastinating you're not overbooking yourself and that way you're delegating those responsibilities to other people within your team to help you get to where you need to be. And, um, we all probably do a good job of this one as prep lifers consuming a <laughs> nutrient dense diet will be really helpful. Remember when we talked about inflammatory foods, sugar is actually a stress on the body. Um, to have it, um, it does cause inflammation. Some, certain foods like gluten, dairy, soy in certain individuals can cause, you know, a little bit of stress on the body. Uh, mm -hmm. When we talked about estrogen dominance, we kind of, you know, discussed some of this. So those can be, um, you know, a positive thing if you're eating whole um, foods. And then just improving your sleep hygiene. So Chris had mentioned, you know, a couple of things. We do have a whole podcast dedicated to this, but if you remember, you know, like the temperature of your bedroom, um, mm -hmm. you know, wearing a sleep mask, weighted blankets, um, having, you know, complete darkness, no light, things of that nature. 
some other things too that I like to do is just put my cell phone on do not disturb for cer- certain mm-hmm. hours um, so that I'm not getting stimulated. And um, I think social media, text messaging, all that stuff, like you need breaks from that because that is very yes. triggering and stressful to constantly be exposed to that. Uh, some other things that you can do are just daily reflections, whether that's verbally to another person or keeping a journal, but just thinking about the positive things in your life. And then Mm -hmm. really watching your caffeine intake. That can really, you know, it raises your cortisol levels. Mm -hmm. It raises your blood pressure and it can make you more anxious as well. So, and then it can also disrupt sleep. So just kind of keep an eye on that and things that prep-lifers would be intaking, you know, their fat burners, their pre-workouts, mm-hmm. and looking at all things like coffee, tea, all of that. And then exercising your body and moving regularly. I think we need to, we probably fall on the extreme side of the exercise and, you know, as a population in the prep life, mm-hmm. we can tend to overdo it. So kind of pulling back and thinking about like, okay, let's take some restorative walks in nature, doing some yoga, uh, deep breathing practices and meditation are all good ways to manage stress. Yes, absolutely. And I think another really good point is to designate some downtime, just like Amy was saying about having times to have your notifications on your phone turned off. Um, because that is a constant stimulus, making sure that you are, especially in the evening, if you're getting prepared to go to sleep, um, you know, like for me, six o'clock, I'm done with work and I'm focused on like getting in my last meals, getting a relaxing shower. Um, I have the habit of drinking an herbal tea, um, which there are some really good sleep teas out there, but I think just for me, the warm liquid just helps my body relax. And um, it's kind of like just a a habit that helps me identify that it's time to unwind. So I think making sure you're designating certain times for eliminating stress so that you're not constantly, uh, you know, waking up with an alarm and immediately stimulated and then scrolling on your phone and answering text messages as you fall asleep. Yeah. Some other practices that are non-screen based that can help relax, just doing a puzzle or reading a book or doing an adult coloring book. Maybe you want to do some foam rolling or take your Epsom salt bath. Just some Mm -hmm. ideas on things that would be non-screen based, but that would help your CNS come down, help you get into a rest and digest mode and allow melatonin to start, um, you know, working its way into your system and cortisol, um, going down and melatonin going up. So other ways that you can do that is just, you know, having the lights a little bit more dim in the evenings and allowing your body to in the morning, get exposed to sunlight right away. Those are just good ways to keep your, uh, cortisol and melatonin production in the right ebbs and flows is it should spike as the sun's rising right when you wake up out of bed and then it should slowly you know taper off throughout the afternoon if it's in a good spot and I I just want to kind of talk about core 21 a little bit because it is something that I 
take quite a bit and I there's different seasons that I'll take it but the core 21 is basically a cortisol blocker and I take that 45 minutes to an hour before bed it does make you really sleepy but it it certainly helps me quite a bit with just um keeping my you know cortisol not chronically high all the time and allowing Mm -hmm. my melatonin to kind of kick in at night yeah and I think that if you're like going through the day and you're experiencing stress it's good to have some like go-to practices where it help calm you down so if you're noticing that like you're overstimulated um of course obviously removing those stimulants is a great idea so if you need to go walk outside for a second um or I, we, Amy and I, Ed, my boyfriend, we all use noise canceling headphones. Like sometimes just having those on helps you like concentrate and block out some extra stimulus. But, um, I had a therapist one time tell me that placing your hand over your heart helps release oxytocin, oxytocin, which is your feel good hormone. Um, so maybe put, you know, putting your hand on your chest, taking some deep breaths, Um, It's just a very immediate practice that you can implement to kind of help bring down any type of stress you're experiencing. Yeah. And same thing with like petting your dog or cat. Those Mm -hmm. that also releases oxytocin or, you know, snuggling up with your loved one. Those are all good ways to get that chemical released into your body. Um, So just some good thoughts there. Well, with that, we are wrapping up this episode If there are any topics that you would like to hear, we would sure appreciate it if you would DM us. You can find us on Instagram at Prevalife Podcast or at Glam Girl Bikini. We are here for you and we will remain a ad-free podcast. And we hope that the only payment that we really, really would love is just that you share it with a friend. Maybe tag us on your story or you could leave a rating or review that helps other people that are interested in the same topics find us. And then just be sure to subscribe because you never know, like we might have a technical difficulty on a Tuesday <laughs> and we might release a podcast on Wednesday. So yep. <laughs> um, yep. these are all good things. And then if you are interested in applying for the team, you can go to glamgirlbikini.com, hit the get started button and apply for your unique unicorn prep that is catered to you and your body this is your founder and ceo of glam girl bikini amy anger signing off with my fabulous co-host and this is chris nicole glam girl bikini coach and ifbb bikini pro thanks for listening guys